You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. Are these your notes? These these your notes about what we're going to say? What does it say? it would be a good... (laughs) I didn't even get to idea. Maybe I can just ask you the question. (laughs) It's going well. It's going really well. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's my phone going off as soon as you said that. So I'm going to... Almost just... As a case... Where is it? (laughs) It's brilliant. Um... This is my alarm for the morning. I don't know how you have I'm that get, as a yeah, ringtone. Gonna... It's really jading for me. All <laughs> 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 right, our phone is actually off now. That's good. Okay. Um, okay. The phone is off. We're ready to go. I'm actually ready, yeah. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Emma, and today we're excited to be joined by Michael Mann, a teacher whose debut novel, uh, Ghost Cloud, is out in October this year. Hi, Michael. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Emma. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? It's great to have you with us. (laughs) Yeah, good. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. It's my my first podcast, so, you know. uh... Oh, well, that's good. We'll be kind. Let's get get right into it. (laughs) Let's talk about the book. Uh, yeah great yeah so ghost cloud is a uh, middle grade um sort of magical adventure about um about a boy who escapes his his workhouse with a with help from a ghost um oh, goodness and uh, yeah well, the, the big idea in the book yeah it's, it's quite a lot going on i haven't perfected my pitch yet but the the, the, <laughs> the big idea of the book is you know when you you, um, you see shapes in the clouds and you know you can whether it's like a horse or, a, or whatever it is a, a sort of animal or a face up there the idea yeah. is that actually that's a, a ghost um, of some sort looking down at you and and so in this book he kind of it's sort of split between the kind of um this kind of dark world on the ground in london and this world in the sky uh, which mm. he sort of discovers oh that's yeah. really cool it's yeah. really really cool because it's like obviously like it's a real world set in but obviously as you said not as we know it so where did yes. the idea for i guess london reimagined start i've always like loved books like Neverwhere and um, Philip Pullman's ones and things that are sort of in our world but a little bit different and I think yeah uh, and you know even like Mary Poppins you know like chimney sweeps and stuff like that I I just kind of like that that kind of different London or just different um, slightly different reality vibe and uh, Mm. so I think that was that was one thing and I've lived in London on and off you know for a good chunk of my life and and loved just walking around the city and I think Battersea Power Station's a big you know, one of the big uh, landmarks in it and the Heath is on it. And yeah. so I, it was a nice excuse for me just to stick in all my favourite places. So Yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's a very relatable. Like when you're writing the book, you, it almost feels like you're walking around familiar streets. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, place is quite important for me in writing and I like to have a good sense of a um, uh, of where I'm writing, where the scene is. And so I think that's that kind of helps me. But also like to sort of just... Uh, have a play around with it so you know you know what would happen if I, I really like the wolf wolves of willoughby chase where she has this idea that the channel tunnel is open and the wolves have come through and that was another idea you know i, I kind of started with the idea what would happen if the channel tunnel was closed and you know what would london be like and what would have caused that and you know just sort of taking an idea and just 
seeing where that leads, just changing a place slightly. Yeah, yeah I've watched um, Neil Gaiman's masterclass and he's a lot of his inspiration, the work, I, I mean, you can tell just by reading a lot of his books is that he'll take, he'll look at something and then say, oh, what if this was slightly different and then see where yeah. it goes from there. So it's, it's a really great, um, really great way to approach sort of concept and things like that. Yeah. And, yeah, and is, is Ghost Cloud your first novel? Is that the first complete story that you've written? Yes. Uh, I, I wrote one, I wrote a version of Ghost Cloud first that was, um, has been uh, did not go anywhere. I sent it to someone. And they were like, "No, this is not going <laughs> to." Children <laughs> no, don't want to read about a child dying in the first chapter. Michael, I was like, "Oh no, of course they oh, don't." So, okay. um, so that 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 got cut. And uh, but actually, there's one chapter in it that is still in the 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 the, um, the kind of the, the current book. So it, it sort of was cannibalized in a nice way. Um, okay. Anyone, but yeah. I guess the idea was always there, though. Yeah, the sort of con- the what if idea and. The characters, you know, they, and the places were sort of there in different, very different, but sort of, I suppose, germinating. How long have you been writing for? Um, I, I, I did, I just sort of wrote this down because I was like, I have no idea how long, but it, it, it turned <laughs> out it's been about, it took about four years. So I, I kind of finished, uh, I was, I, I, I went part time in a job, uh, I went four days a week, just because in the interview, they asked me if I wanted the part time and the full time and I. I thought I'd just chance it and say four days a week. Anyway, I had one day a week back in 2016 and I decided to use it to write. And I finished a very quick draft of the very, the one that I haven't used of Ghost Cloud at the end of that year. Um, oh. And then basically I, I did lots of things in between. Had a, you know, we had a baby and I retrained as a teacher and, um, and very slowly chipped away at it um, and finally finished it. Um, basically the end, basically beginning of 2020, um, just when the pandemic was, was kicking off. No, oh, brilliant. I mean, it's yeah. a good, it's a good time to have the time to write the rest of the book, I guess, isn't it? Oh, yes. um, it's one of those yes. things. How have you found writing in this time, like in the pandemic? Has it been difficult for you or has it been something that is? Yeah, it, it's been OK, actually. Yeah, I think it's been. Yeah, I think freeing is a good way um, to talk about it or just I, I sent off my my um, book at the beginning of that year and then I got basically signed the week with lockdown and we sent it out to publishers two weeks later or something like that you know it was quite mm. all quite quick and yeah. um and so actually I, ha- I always throughout especially in the beginning of the pandemic that first lockdown I had an edit kind of hanging over me and the real real sense that if I didn't finish this book now I might might never finish it because you know who knows what would happen <laughs> in the next few months and so it was actually like um a bit you know a bit, obviously it was a, a, a weird time and it's, it's a bit scary at times but I I kind of just threw myself into it and um it kept me kept my mind off things I suppose um, yeah and I guess so, yeah, it pushes you to do it as well which is great yeah. um yeah for yes. sure um, yeah. And you obviously you took part in the Curtis Brown YA in children's fiction course um, in about 2018. Is that right? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So how how valuable was that for you as a writer? Do you think it was it was really valuable? Um, I have to give credit to other course. I'm a bit of a course junkie, so I did do <laughs> a uh, city lit city lit course, a city university course and the Curtis Brown and I did about three city city lit ones I think I did another one too but yeah but the Curtis Brown one was 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 brilliant um it came at I was on um parental leave so we we had um 
my daughter was six months old and it was my six month turn. And so I basically was like, well, this is probably not going to work, but if I don't sign up for a course, I'm, I'm never going to do any writing during this six months. And so I signed up and it was really good because it was remote and Catherine Johnson, the tutors just really, really excellent and challenging. And basically I would, I would, look after my baby in the day and she she slept very well because my partner had trained her and we're super lucky <laughs> anyway so That's I sort great. of uh, I basically baby during the day and then writing at, at night and um and got loads of I think that the the novel as it is now is um most of it was written during that course or shortly after um oh, great. so so yeah it was really useful and you are now signed with uh Stephanie Thwaites of Curtis Brown did you have any interaction with her or the other agents during the course or was that something that was kind of completely separate it was it was separate like you do get a uh, you get as part of the course you get a an agent reads over like your cover letter I think and your and your synopsis and another agent they, they promise mm. an agent they read over your first chapter too I think they basically read your submission package and uh, at that point they tell you you know, if they really like it, they'll tell you um, that they are kind of maybe interested. Uh, I can't remember what they call it. You know, you'll get a sort of, but they but they also say you should still send that off to them anyway. Uh, I didn't get the we're really interested. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, but when I sent it to Sorry. them, eventually, they, uh, no, like all my friends are like, oh yeah, I've got that. You know, but um, uh, and then when I sent it off to them, they were really interested. They emailed back like within a week saying we're loving it. Can we? We haven't finished it yet, but we're. Um, but we're really interested. And then that email went to my junk mail. So I didn't get that. And I got a sort of oh, confused no. <laughs> email from Steph a week later said, Oh, I don't know if you got my email, but we're really interested. Anyway, so it was a long convoluted way of saying, um, I don't think it's linked, but I suppose that the, the yeah, I think, I think it's, it's nice for me. Um, cause I, I, I did really value that course and, mm. um, and the agents do obviously help you. I do think my submission package was better because of the Curtis Brown course along with other things like the the Scooby did a really nice meet the agents event that I really, I found really valuable too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. That's great. You said that you are a junkie for <laughs> uh, writing courses. What did, did all of the courses, are they the sort of things where you just sort of apply, pay whatever the fee is, and then you go into it? Or are they, uh, did you have to submit and sort of prove yourself just to get onto these courses? The Curtis Brown one, I had to submit to, you had to get approved. I'm not uh, sure. I feel like the City University one, maybe, uh, uh, or maybe not. No, I don't think so. The other ones, the City Lit and City University, you you didn't. Um, I th- I, and they were, they were really useful uh, as well. They were at a different stage. I suppose when I'd got, I suppose by the time I got to Curtis Brown, I was writing, I knew I was writing a novel. Uh, whereas yeah. earlier I was writing short stories and sort of picture books and you know and I think at that point I found I could it would be useful to get extracts read over it did if I liked the teacher I got a lot out of it basically or you know I think when you get to a, a longer piece it's quite hard you're, you're sort of bringing a 500 word extract and having them look over it isn't isn't always going to help so that's um, sure. that's something that I think I I kind of think about yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And did you um, did you bond with any other people on the course, you know, and have, you know, maybe form 
writing groups from that or friends or you know anything <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> what a question uh, yeah, Michael I, what a question to, I know I know <laughs> what shall I say uh, I I have lots of friends uh, from, yeah. from my various courses <laughs> and uh, and I, I really I, that's been you know that's just a really joyful thing to have because when you're you know, early on, you're they're sort of cheer. Everyone's so supportive, and we continued after the Curtis Brown course to share work. And like three of the people basically read through my whole manuscript before I mm. submitted it. So that's so useful. Brilliant. Yeah, really, really useful. And and also there were a lot of people on those courses. And I, you know, this, you kind of learn whose advice or kind of writing you click with. And so, you know, I'm still we're all friendly and stay in touch but there are some now that I still reach out for and say oh I'm really not sure about this chapter you know do yeah. you want to have a look and we've kind of got an understand one is another teacher and so each summer well not each summer a couple of summers we've basically <laughs> <laughs> we've tried to like hold each other to account and be like come on we've got six weeks we can totally write thousands of words and we don't ever write as much as we like but we can you know it's quite nice to have some a buddy, buddy up like that. Um, yeah, yeah definitely great. it really works out well doesn't it um so you work as a teacher as you said as well do you teach the same age group as the book's audience and how much does that influence your writing if you pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I, I do. And I think it has. Um, I wrote the first draft of, of Ghost Cloud, that really early one that basically didn't get used hardly at all, when I wasn't a teacher. Um, and then I... When I was a teacher in year five, which is sort of year, I, I, that sort of nine to ten year olds, um, I was just ended up reading lots of the books. I just would take a book off the school bookshelf each week and try and finish it because they're pretty short. And mm. I just remember getting this like store of stories. I remember reading this one called Moondial, and I just, she just did something really clever with like time and place and you know the structure of it. I was like, oh, I'm totally going to use that, and that just solved the problem in my book. And similarly you read books and you're like oh, I really don't like this book you know and that's really useful too you know this yeah. I don't want to write a book that is this um whether it's patronizing or this or you know or I can't write a book like this that's this funny and so I found it really um I did read a lot of the books and hearing for me uh we did story time at both my both two of my schools anyway and so each day we'd read for 10-15 minutes to the kids and I really at that point was could see when they lost interest and which books which were lovely but were losing some of the kids who I wanted to keep reading and I think Mm -hmm. in in my (laughs) in my book now uh at least the first one I I was really keen to make sure I couldn't ever lose them at the end of a chapter or a page and and the reading aloud I I read over I read aloud my work a lot because it's got to sort of have a rhythm so have any of the children read your book at all I mean I know it's not out yet but have you um (laughs) have you read little excerpts to them and different things like that I was too I was too it's too embarrassed yeah I was kind of I I sort of didn't want them to be like I don't like it (laughs) Imagine. I I, I sent it to my friend who's a teacher and she got her class to read it and they gave me nice feedback and uh, that was nice Uh, I did get one I got yeah so that's 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 um 
I thought I'd keep it separate. It's confusing. I think it, it, I sort of started a new job. I went part-time this year and mm-hmm. and I, I kind of didn't want them to see me as a writer and a, I don't know, it just sort of felt like it was muddying the water. And so I, I just yeah. have been a teacher and I just told my head before when it started getting more public um, just before Easter and she was really excited. So that was positive. But I have had a, one of my heads was a bit kind of perplexed. When I told them I was writing a book, they said, um, oh, you can't sell it to the children. If you're if you're giving it to them, you have to give it to them free. I was like, oh no, that's not what I was planning. I thought, you know, but you, so I think it's just, it's just a funny that's thing. Amazing. You, you never know what um, people are going to think when you say you're writing a book. You know, so. I can just yeah, imagine you coming in to the to the school with bands of your books, trying to sell it to the children. Just, just like off. printed on my printer, and like yeah, one pound each. Yeah, no, yeah. that would be amazing. Oh, God. Uh, uh, that's well, that must be great being a teacher uh, and being surrounded by your sort of demographic all the time. And it sounds like you're sort of you're learning a lot just by reading, seeing what they respond to, seeing what they don't respond to. One of the great challenges of writing children's and YA is is getting into that headspace of the characters, the protagonist. Mm, yeah. Do you have any tricks uh that that you've kind of figured out for getting inside your main character Luke's head when you when you go to write. For me, that dialogue is quite important. I uh, I kind of uh, I often let them sort of speak it out. Um, you know, like write the dialogue, and uh, and that helps me think about how how they're actually going to talk to each other. Um, and uh, so that's one thing that I find really helpful as in you you write that ahead of I, I suppose I, when I write a scene I'm not a big planner like I, I will like let a, some scenes will just run away with themselves and you'll get a new direction with the at least yeah. with the, you know the kind of parts of the plot based on what the characters are talking uh talking about um and and, and it, to me it's often a, it's I I don't know I, I, I sometimes find my characters come to life when they're facing each other so um you know, you you know Luke, and then this other girl is Alma, and they kind of wind each other up, and that you know. Sometimes you'll write, and you're like, oh no, that he wouldn't say that. You know, he would. You know, he, that's not how he'd react, and that kind of helps me almost putting them in in contact with someone else, or in a situation. Obviously, like it, it helps me kind of figure out what what they would do. Um, as otherwise, um, gosh, character. I mean, do you ever put? parts of yours do you, do you feel like parts of you are in in Luke is there any part of you that's kind of like very clearly you when you were younger like the feelings uh, yeah the definitely you... yeah I think so I mean interestingly when I first wrote it I'm I'm half Indian and I, I wanted him to be mixed race and I was on the Curtis Brown course and we had a big discussion about you know how um dumb I'm gay as well and they had a court talk about whether you know Dumbledore being gay and whether J.K. Rowling should have made that transparent and same with Hermione mm-hmm you know, Hermione's race and whether that was, you know, enough really to sort of say she thought she was black, but she didn't write it in. And we had this big discussion yeah. and, I, and I had my character as, as half Chinese in my mind. And they were like, Michael, why are you writing <laughs> about a, a half uh, Chinese person when you're half Indian? And why have you, you know, and I, I hadn't like, it just hadn't crossed my mind that I, and Luke, you know, that I might want to write about someone who had the same background as me. Um, and so, yeah, now he is half Indian um and and I was able to like weave in some of the you know explicit just some of the kind of things you worry about or think about when you're 
I'm quite white as well. You know, I'm sort of half Indian, but I always feel like I have to explain that to people if everyone asks. And, you know, and so I got got to have a bit of fun and have Luke kind of have that. Um, But then I think otherwise, all the characters end up, not all of them, there's a couple that are definitely not like me, but, you know, quite a few of the characters get a bit, you know, I think one of them, Jess, has got kind of my kind of optimistic side of me and Luke's got the kind of worrying side. And um, I think Alma says the things I wish I could say, but never would, you know. (laughs) So, So they all kind of come from you in a way, I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. And um, do you think you would write for another age group or do you think you found something I would, special? Uh, I would. I really like writing for this age group. Um, and uh, But I did before I wrote the children's novel, I was writing short stories and they were, they were adult short stories. And I like the kind of, I do like the, the, the darkness you can get in those and like um I don't know I, I yeah I, I would be tempted to write something a bit older at some point mm. um yeah but not I don't I just can't ever see myself managing an adult novel if that makes sense I feel, I feel like it's probably right now at least it feels beyond me but maybe a YA <laughs> uh, maybe short stories I really like short stories so I suppose that would be yeah. the other thing yeah. yeah well I think there's there's very different there's a there's very different challenges with writing children's and then adult like the the difference is not necessarily like one is harder than the other it's like there's very different things that you need to do and there are different hoops that Mm. you need to jump through yes Mm. completely i think yeah yeah but that's you know a lot of my friends write uh middle grade and ya and or they've all said similar things to that where it's like one day i think i might want to do adult in fact a couple of them are have like they see it as the like side project as the adult novel that they're working on mm. but you know their main thing is that they they love yamg kind of stuff it's interesting so, i oh sorry gone yeah no no you go yeah ahead. i was gonna say that i I just wrote a for faber um and it's not been i, I don't think i can say what it is but i've written a a younger a younger story for something they're publishing um oh. and that is uh that was interesting that's more kind of a like five to seven year old uh and that was it was I really enjoyed that more than I thought it's not the age I teach uh, it's old my daughter's like three so it's like kind of somewhere in between and um uh and it was it was fun the length of it was fun and the kind of humor so I I, I did enjoy going younger more than I thought I would um mm. and um so that was something something interesting for me and the other I mean the other thing I do I do think you know from a writing challenge point of view um I have thought like the the next book I write after this sequel is finished for Ghost Cloud I would like it to be slightly different I was I'm trying to think of something a bit more character driven you know a a bit more not not like not not just a slightly less world and plot and a slightly bit more character driven just because I think that would be um it'd be a nice nice for me as a writer um yeah yeah. Keep keep challenging yourself. That's yeah. the way to go. Definitely. And speaking of challenging yourself, let's <laughs> talk about if you had uh, some snippets of advice to give uh, would-be writers, people looking to write their first novel or get into publishing, what would you say to them? I would say, um, uh, well, take take a course. <laughs> if that's, if that's, yeah. if that's a, you know, I mean, if you don't like courses, don't, but that, that definitely worked for me. Um, mm. I would say, uh, if you do take a course, you know, pick it, uh, if you don't like the teacher, don't, you know, don't go on it. I, I did quit a couple of courses, uh, cheap ones, but you know, oh, I was really? like, you know, but, but, and some, some of the cheap ones are really good, but like, I was just like, do you know what? I'm not getting on with this teacher. They're not, they don't like the writing I do. Um, yeah. so I'm not going to stay. 
Um, and I'd say the same for feedback from people. I think we really, you know, get feedback, but be careful whose feedback you take on board and listen to because yeah. I've learned so much from my peers from for writing. But there are also people who, you know, I, I realised were off the mark and I kind of knew uh, knew they were in it and you need to just, um, just sort of discount that. Um, yeah, because what's yeah. right for your voice isn't necessarily, you know, right for them. There's a danger I find with critique groups where instead of someone giving critique, they are actually saying how they would write the story. Mm. Yeah, and that's so something true. you just need to, you just need to know when to say, oh no, well, that's actually my voice and I need to keep that. As yeah. It is. yeah. Exactly. But that also is. know when to say, oh, I'm wrong and you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <a> <laughs> yeah. Um, so true. Well, I think that, um, I guess, leads us nicely on to the last question, which is, you know, people's worst or best question I feel some people love it <laughs> some people yeah. love it some people hate it but it's um <laughs> if you were to be marooned on a desert island and uh you could bring but one book what would that book be and why um I I, I do hate this kind of question <laughs> uh, uh, but luckily because uh, I was asked it I just decided one when I was in my 20s and it sounds a bit grand now but it was that I read Anna Karenina by Tolstoy oh, okay. and it was just yeah. like when I read it I thought it was the best thing ever I just thought he'd like swallowed up the whole of like human experience and put it in a book and and it was just really readable and, and, and brilliant and I didn't know how he'd done it. And so I just decided then, this is my favourite book. <laughs> I'm not going to revisit this decision because <laughs> it's too stressful. And, uh, and why? Yeah, I just think, I think, I, you know, I, I think it's really wise. And I think um, I learned, and, and super readable, but I, I, do, I do think it taught me something about relationships and, uh, and life and regret and, you know, all those things. And, mm. uh, and I think of a book, not all books teach you things uh, and no, I think that's some are just fun yeah exactly but it's yeah a book that teaches you something I think for me anyway if I learn something from it if I keep thinking about it then mm. it really stays with you for forever exactly. those are the books that you recommend to other yeah. people I did I bought it for lots of people I don't know the poor people they saw this like thousand page book and were like oh, but, um, <laughs> oh thanks so much <laughs> yeah exactly I don't know how many read it but they I was gonna say it's, it's, it's quite a lot of pages as well so you know you'll it'll do you well on a desert island um, exactly yeah, yeah you could exactly you're not yeah, gonna exactly. you can use it as firewood as well or whatever as you can use it. <laughs> exactly yeah. that's always the advantage of a big book on the exactly. desert island exactly. amazing well thank you so much for coming on the show Michael it's been really thank great you. chatting with you Really looking forward to the book launch. For everyone listening, Ghost Cloud is out in October. And if you want to keep up with Michael, you can follow him on Twitter at Mike B. Man. That's man with two N's. Just in <laughs> Remember case the ends. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and yes, and to make sure that you catch every episode of this podcast and all of our news, follow us on Twitter at Right and Wrong UK or on Instagram. And that's at Right and Wrong Podcast. You can find the books by our guests and their additions to the Desert Island Library at uk.com bookshop.org slash shop slash right and wrong that was a mouthful um thanks again <laughs> to michael and everyone for listening and we'll see you next time thank you michael Bye-bye. bye bye thank you so much you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. 